Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, this is Wagner, and Wiki Shuffle is my favorite podcast. Hello and welcome to Wiki Shuffle. Thank you, Wagner from The X Factor, for giving us a ludicrously good introduction there. My name's Jack. I'm with my pod pals as ever, Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. Oh, oh are you all right? Oh, I'm a bit scraggy there. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Wagner. Best £8.50 we've ever spent. £8.50. It's not bad, is it? It's very good. For such a ringing celebrity endorsement. Yeah. How high would you have went? See, I messaged him before mm-hmm. I knew how much it was, and I assumed it would be a bit more than £8.50. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't, and it was, yeah, he said £8.50 for just a message, or £10 for a song as well. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously I went with the £8.50. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange price point, £8.50. It is strange, isn't it? It makes it made me think that he said £10 and you haggled him down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I would never haggle, haggle with Wagner. He no. deserves that £8.50. Goldie Gopher. Cartoon. Goldie Gopher is the mascot for the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities campus, and the associated sports teams, known as the Golden Gophers. That's, that's quite cool, because Twin Cities and Golden Gophers both sound like euphemisms for tits. Hmm. <laughs> as well as the defending UCA mascot national champion. What the hell is that? The best mascot award. Well, yeah, but... How how was that decided? By older mascots. Because <laughs> there is a there's a UK um, football mascots race every year. Is there? Well, literally all of the mascots. Well, the big have ones. A, are I just think a hundred meter race. No, not all of them. Like all the lower leads. Yeah, all the lower <laughs> league. Um, oh, that's going to be that's going to be in the hundreds. They, uh, well, there's ninety two, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's all the Premier League teams and the Football League. So the, the top four divisions. Oh, um, like, and there's, there's videos on YouTube. It's quite entertaining. They're all falling over because they're in their big heavy costumes. It's great. Noah's Ark, but on a field. Yes, Noah's Ark, but on a field. <laughs> Instead of at sea. Well done. Okay. <laughs> I just, need two of every kind of mascot. <laughs> Quick. I just like to make sure all the listeners are clear on the things that are discussed. I think you definitely make everything you say very clear <laughs> by the use of biblical references. <laughs> good. <laughs> what could make things clearer than referring oh, to yeah, that's true. <laughs> Goldie makes over 1000 appearances a year and is at virtually all home games for university teams, usually wearing the appropriate sporting attire. Well, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, <laughs> not just, all the time. Sometimes the he turns up in the buff, gets his golden gophers out for everyone to have a look. Now, 
I'm aware of Goldie Gopher. <gasps> really? Oh. Don't know why. No. I'm, you are him. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be such a great twist. Secret identity. <laughs> I've got a T-shirt with Goldie Gopher's face on it. Really? Oh. Yeah. Why? I, it was. It's like a 1970s retro oldie world T-shirt that says. Go you don't, you don't need to gophers. use the words oldie world to describe anything that you own, Phil. We'll, we'll take it as red. <laughs> and I used to wear it when I was a, a svelte teenager, and it was one of my favourite T-shirts, but I've long since outgrown it, and Karen now wears it to bed. Because... Oh. She's littler than I am. The history. Minnesota became known as the Gopher State in 1857, the result of a political cartoon ridiculing the $5 million railroad loan which helped open up the West. The cartoon portrayed the shifty railroad barons as striped gophers pulling a railroad car carrying the territorial legislature towards the Slough of Despond, the first, of U, the first U of M yearbook bearing the name Gopher Annual appeared in 1887. That sounds quite biblical, that whole paragraph. So there was Shifty railroad parents. So there was a lot of them in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. One little disposable mocking cartoon, yeah. and the entire state decided, right, well, we'll have that as our You've got to pick identity. You've got to pick something. Give it a gopher. What would you pick? I wouldn't go for that. Hey! <laughs> Can I have five pounds every time I make a dad joke on this podcast, please? <laughs> no one has that much money. <laughs> <laughs> They're not just dad jokes, though. They're a little bit blue as well, aren't they? The jokes. That one wasn't. That one wasn't. That was fine. That was family friendly. Mm. That was yeah. That was quite nice. That was. was Fuck right. both of you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there Back we to go. the working men's club. <laughs> there we go. Minnesota's athletic teams became widely known as the Gophers by the 1920s, but it was not until 1934 that the immortal Halsey Hall, great Minnesota sports writer and broadcaster, dubbed Bernie Beerman's all-gold uniformed team the Golden Gophers. Beerman chose the gold colour because the football blended in with the uniforms. Oh, clever. Mm, yeah. Wow, yeah. nice one. Yeah, put your team in camouflage. Yeah. Make it difficult to tackle them. It always strikes yes. me as Or odd. to pass to them. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not very useful. Mm, no. It always strikes me as odd that um, football teams or American football teams or universities or whatever will have mascots as lame as a gopher. When there's tigers and there's sharks and jaguars and panthers. And there's ethnic stereotypes they could be slurring. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there were um, people dressed as Indians with the full headdresses going to the NFL games at Wembley this week. Nice. Fucking hell. It's not even your conquest to mock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dirty dress Brits. up as Indians. Yeah. Have some national pride. Um, we could Irish. We could dress up as the Irish. We do that every year. There's like there's yeah we do we do that every year. we make a thing out of it and then we say they're all they're all green drunks <laughs> make an entire day out of it but I think they love it so <laughs> everyone's a winner the embodiment of the gopher mascot came to life in 1952 oh. when University of Minnesota <laughs> assisted <laughs> I don't think it means literally came oh, to life thank God that would be frightening. <sighs> Uh, the embodiment of the gopher mascot came to life in 1952 when the University of Minnesota assistant bandmaster Jerome Glass bought a fuzzy wool gopher suit with a papier-mâché head and asked one of the band members to climb into it. Climb in. In you come. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Step inside the gopher. I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but one Christmas I had a job being a 
wearing a great big dragon suit. No, I don't think you have oh, talked about on the podcast, but you've I've heard you mention it. Uh, yeah. And what did you do in your big dragon suit? Um, it was to, it was the mascot of the local um, shopping mall. Oh my god! The the Newland Centre. So for Christmas shopping, I basically trudged around the Newland Centre dressed as a dragon. I had to have um, two security guards flanking me on either side because <laughs> teenagers would come and abuse you. The teenagers weren't the worst. It was the smaller kids yeah. who you'd have thought. You so I was specifically briefed to hug them. That was Ooh. my brief. Well, you're a dragon. No wonder you took this They job. weren't interested in hugging. They wanted to kick me and they wanted to jump up and down on my tail. And oh, no. what they didn't realize, there was no padding in the legs at all. So they'd come up to me and just kick me in the shins <laughs> as hard as they could and then run away. And so the the job of my security guards was literally just grab them on their way into kicking me. And so I'd trudge around. And this this character didn't really have any attributes. So there was nothing, and it wasn't famous. Nobody actually recognised no. the dragon. So I was just sort of bumbling around waving. That sounds awful. It was so terrible. demeaning. And I, this wasn't the first year that this suit had been in product in circulation, and it's. Dank, mm. absolutely stank because it was really what about hot before you and really on, sweaty. Goldie Gopher, the first name seems to have appeared sometime in the 1970s, became a fixture with the marching band and the pep band as each year a band member was chosen to don the suit for that season. Wherever these two bands performed, Goldie was there to glad hand with the crowd, hug the little kids, torment the cheerleaders, Whoa. and generally add a friendly Minnesota flavour to the event. None of that sounds friendly. Friendly Minnesota flavour and tormenting the cheerleaders. During the 1960s, Goldie was actually written into the football pre-game and halftime shows with a specific place to be. Limited visibility from within the suit made it difficult to see out and woe be to the suit's wearer with glasses that would fog up while trying to peer out the ma- mouth hole. Woe be to him. As the <laughs> eye holes were useless. <laughs> One benefit though, during those cold games at Memorial Stadium in November, Goldie Gopher was one of the few fans that stayed warm at cheeky exclamation mark. Each band member who through the years was allowed the joy of being the Gopher, I dispute that from first-hand <laughs> experience, developed an individual personality. I, di- I dispute that through conjecture. There's a limited number of things you can do. There's only so many ways you can wave. Unless you can do the breakdancing that some of the Ooh. mascots do. Each band member who through the years was allowed the joy of being the Gopher, developed an individual personality, a unique way of relating to the crowd, and the mystique of Goldie the Gopher became a tradition that absolutely prohibited removal of the head while in public. <laughs> maintaining an illusion for the younger children that maybe, just maybe, Goldie Gopher was a real, live, huggable animal. Oh, this is the first Wikipedia article we've had in a while that has a bit of personality to it. It, it does. The Gopher, right? It sounds like a real voice. Yeah. Not just a boring encyclopedia with hard-up facts. This one's fun. This one's a fun one. Yeah. There'll <laughs> be a massacre next. Don't worry about yeah, it. Maybe on the same page. Maybe. Oh, God. In the 70s. What did he do in his later life? <laughs> this... All those children. <laughs> That's probably where it's going to go. The style of the gopher suit changed many times through the years, sometimes by chance, sometimes by design. Doesn't explain what that means. (laughs) Until the early 1970s, the head was narrow and pointy-nosed, reminiscent of the real animal. Then in 1972, Goldie suddenly grew chubby cheeks and a wider forward-looking face, almost cherubic in appearance. In fact, the gopher of the 1970s and early 80s was comparable in appearance to a teddy bear. A favourite of children and grandmothers. That is true. 
There's no citation there. Nope. For a brief period in 1985, a fierce-looking mega-rodent appeared with barrel chest, clown feet, and sinister eyes. This look didn't last long, and Goldie soon again became a lovable, friendly character. What the fuck? That's when they tried to make it dark and gritty. From 1952 until 1990, the gopher appearing at University of Minnesota sports events was a member of the marching band, and a symbiosis developed through the years that on more than one occasion kept Goldie out of trouble. With a propensity for attack, attracting tail-pulling kids... Oh, you know all about Tell that. me about it. Goldie relied on the bands to save him from their clutches. <laughs> and when the opposing team's cheerleaders or band members managed to kidnap the unfortunate rodent, a Big Ten tradition, it seems, band members would always come to the rescue. So there's something within children that they're hardwired when faced with a great big furry animal to jump on its tail. Yeah, you know what? It, I think it's the fact that, like, when I went to Disney when I was a kid in Florida. Oh God! No, I was, I was delighted. I was oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I want Happy from Snow White's autograph. Brilliant. Sign my shitty little autograph book. Minnie, brilliant. Happy as Larry. Mm-hmm. But when we went to Dynamites, the local kids' play oh, area, yeah. and there was the big um, di- uh, dra- dinosaur, hence the name Dynamites. Yeah, everyone used to just stand on his tail, kick him in the shins. It's like if you don't, if the kids don't already know that character, they're just not interested. So our default position as human beings is resentment and hatred and violence. Yeah, of course it is. Or treat these things with fear the way you should. What children? No, um, dragons, gophers, bears. (laughs) But shin kicking—that's not an effective natural response. I'd say it absolutely Mm. is. You're gonna get if you're in a fight. A shin kick is an amazing technique. They can't grab your leg because you're not kicking high enough. No, it but, hurts like hell. But if you're a dragon, um, it's you're in prime biting position there. Oh. Well, that shin's being kicked. You're just the students that portray Goldie maintain anonymity throughout their tenure. They are also recognised as student athletes due to their vigorous schedule and amount of work that goes into it. Mm. But they don't get the recognition. No, it's a shame. National competitions. Goldie also competes in the UCA Mascot National Championships and regularly makes the top five. He placed third in 2009 and 2010. Goldie won his first national championships in 2011 and in 2012 he placed fifth, but in 2013 he won the championship again, giving him two wins in three years. Goldie was nominated to and made the 2004, 2007 and 2010 Capital One All-American mascot team. In 2007, he finished second to Zippy from the University of Akron. How, how do they judge this? Is it like Miss World? They have to say, well, yeah, I can imagine. They have to say what they like about their state. But they can't actually say anything because... Um, they're gophers. Yeah, they're gophers. That's a problem. Gophers can't talk apart from Gordon and even then it's quite That's unintelligible. Different. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Phillips Schofield's for. Anyway, the, the website is um, it's not working, so I guess it'll just be a mystery forever. Oh, well. There we go. Let's assume that it's bikinis. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a fight with the death. Yes. Gladiatorial style. Noah's Ark, same thing. Is that what you think Noah's Ark was? Well, it would be. Tell us the story of Noah's Ark, Chris. Go on. <laughs> what happens? Well, it's, it, was a, it was raining, like, bad. Mm-hmm. And then Noah, he was, like, good at building boats and stuff. Yeah. And God said, Noah, you're all right. You didn't sound that sure that it was God. You're like, mm, God. Well, you know, it's just a book. And then, <laughs> but then he said to Noah, oh, you're right. You can be in charge of the animals. you just got to use your boat building stills. You can get them all on. Mm-hmm. Only two of them. 
and they did it and the big ring happened everybody died except Noah and all the animals and Noah's family oh yeah they got a free pass what, what about the um, well how did how did they continue about from the there? immediate aftermath oh they, it was like the, the championships they all killed each other that's where the, that's where the story falls down okay and how did the Noah's family repopulate the earth oh, a lot of sex together probably family sex I'm not I don't I'm not saying it's a good book <laughs> it's not <laughs> well written because it I, is I literally like... called the good book well, yeah. I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that the bible would be against what incest yeah the bible uh, <laughs> not fucking likely <laughs> I've got nothing else to say on Noah no, okay that's, that's great thanks for clearing that up Chris done nice one Due to the contributions from students, faculty, family, alumni and friends, the University of Minnesota's Student Union was able to fund the creation of an all-bronze statue of Goldie the Gopher. Didn't even want to make it gold, no. No, I mean, it's not not Bronzy the Gopher, you idiots, you (laughs) cheapskates, Mm -hmm. bunch of cheapskates, it's not Bronzy the Gopher. This was a controversial issue for some in the university community because of the rising costs of tuition and the university's concurrent appeals to the state legislature for a tuition freeze. The goal of the statue, located in front of the Kaufman Memorial Union, was to promote school spirit and start new traditions. Probably toilet papering a big bronze beaver. Yeah. (laughs) Not beaver. (laughs) Gopher, sorry. But that sounds better. Get your bronze beaver out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The University of Minnesota administration hopes the iconic symbol will help students interact with the spirit and new traditions involving Goldie the Gopher. Do they not do any learning? No. This is just just the Gopher. Just tradition. Just the Gopher cult. The statue is six foot three inches tall and made of bronze granite. That's not even that big. It's pretty big for a gopher. For a gopher, (laughs) yeah, but for a man in a gopher costume, it's probably smaller than an actual man in a gopher costume. Next to the statue is a solid granite M that is 63 inches in width, 24 inches in depth, and 48 inches in height. It was sculpted by Nicholas Ligoros, who is a Minnesota graduate from the Fine Arts Academy, who really hates some of his life choices. <laughs> yeah. Fine arts. That He just underlined granite that M. in his application. No, fine arts, yeah. not whatever this shit is. <laughs> <laughs> He has sculpted many pieces for the Twin Cities metro area. The total cost of the statue was $95,000. Whoa. Oh, that's about two semester tuition in America, isn't yeah, it? Something like that. Yeah, something Yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. On Monday, September 23rd, 2013, the Goldie statue was unveiled during the homecoming kickoff at noon. Governor Mark Dayton declared that that day Goldie Gopher Day to create a new tradition for the students. How many? How? They want a lot of new traditions. They try and get them all really fast and base them a lot around this gopher. So yeah. if this gopher's done something, the school is finished. What do you mean if it's done something? Well, like something dark and sinister. That's what I was expecting to happen. I think we're just conditioned to believe that that's going to happen. Anyone that entertains mm. children or teenagers is. Yeah, yeah, it's gone that way. An evil gopher. Nope, Goldie and the Chuckle Brothers are still pure. Yeehaw! It's Rattlesnake <laughs> Annie! What an opening! That was a Ye- Texan. Yeehaw! That is appalling and offensive to everyone, not just to Texans. That, that's offended me. Well, my work here is done. <laughs> Rattlesnake Annie. Annie McGowan, born Roseanne Gallimore on December the 26th, 1941 in Perrier, Tennessee, 
is a country singer and songwriter under the stage name Rattlesnake Annie. That's a good stage name. I like that a lot. Rattlesnake Annie from the desert. Or did you just hiss? Yeah. Rattling's more their thing. (laughs) (laughs) She earned her nickname as a child from her respective snakes. Mm. Well, the local um, sports team mascot was a giant snake and Rattlesnake Annie didn't jump on its tail. She respected it. She respected it. And since that day, Rattlesnake Annie was born. That's disgusting. Never do that sound again, please. McGowan began recording music in 1974 and achieved success in Europe. Oh, really? Have we heard of her? Anyone? She became the first female country musician to tour the Eastern Bloc countries in Europe and released an album with a country singer from Czechoslovakia. Ah, the big Czechoslovakian country market. Uh, Of course. (laughs) How didn't I think of that? In 1990, she became the first American country performer to sign a recording contract with Sony Music Japan. Roseanne Gallimore was born in 1941, where she was raised in Tennessee on a cotton and tobacco farm. Her great-great-grandmother was a Cherokee, a tribe which considered the rattlesnake a symbol of healing. Hmm. Idiot. (laughs) It's, It's the opposite of that. As a child, Rattlesnake had no fear of snakes, and her grandmother often called her the Rattlesnake. That's not a respect of snakes. Yeah, having no fear of them. Yeah, you should respect... Respecting a Rattlesnake is keeping your distance, surely. Respect yeah. them It's a lack friends. of respect. Is, you know, if you see one... Oh, buy a drink. Yeah, why not? Just get on with it. Be nice to it. Get on with it. Get on with it, yeah. Can you, can you get on with a Rattlesnake? Of course you could. Everyone has a pet. Can you get off with a Rattlesnake? No, I wouldn't recommend it. You just it. go like this. That would be, that would be disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> and that's, you see, that's why you don't have a respect. Rattlesnake's father had been a country and blues singer and she was learned to play guitar at an early age. She was learned, she to, was play learned to play guitar. She earned her first paycheck from singing at age eight and from then on her goal in life was to earn a living while making music. When she was 12, Rattlesnake and two of her cousins formed a band called the Gallimore Sisters. They performed locally and won a statewide talent contest in 1954, landing them an appearance in Nashville on the Junior Grand Ole Opry and a live television performance. What's your favourite snake? Oh, Cobra. Cobra. Why? Because it's a bear. (laughs) Maybe because it's a bear. That's just (laughs) menacing, isn't it? The Cobra. Mm. What's your favourite snake? I don't have one. I'm not free. (laughs) Probably the, the the friendly British grass snake. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, but when you yeah, but when you see a snake in your back garden, it's like it's, it's quite a moment. It's like it holy yeah. shit, there's a snake. On one of our school trips when we were younger, hmm. I wasn't feeling very well, so I didn't want to take part in any of the activities. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike you. So I decided to just I probably shouldn't have done this. I didn't tell anyone. I just walked away <laughs> and sort of went around the woods bits, and I found a snake and I chased it. He chased a snake. Yeah. Did it run away? It slivered. Doesn't and did it get away? Respectful. It was better than building a raft. did you stand on its tail? No, I didn't stand on its tail. Respect. You chased, <laughs> he chased it. it. For fun. That's not, not respectful. Ran alongside it. Fun. I'm not saying that's not fun, but it's not respectful go. either. Snake enjoyed it. Plus, it might have been an adder. It might have been an adder. And they can, they can bite. I kept it a safe distance. Okay, respect. All of this distance. is better than building a raft. The fun. Oh yeah, it's never fucking fun, it's is it? It's boring. You get wet, and there's barrels, and everyone's arguing. I'm respectful. <laughs> R- remind me not to get abandoned in the wilderness with you. <laughs> well, respect the snakes for, for many reasons. <laughs> for many, many reasons. I'd be good in the woods. 
You would not. You would be a fucking... <laughs> we went to the most middle-class music festival ever, and you're an absolute mess. Oh, really? Yes. Mr. Didn't even try and put a tent up. I did try. Got, you got sunburned in a minute and a half. That's not my fault. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that hot, was it? But I did. No, you and didn't. it is quite a bit your fault. Why? Because you didn't take re- requisite precautions. I think I did. You, well, yeah, you well, said evidently did. not. You sat down. I you slapped myself bit. in sun cream. But evidently you did a poor job. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about sun cream. I have to. I have um, Irish skin. Irish and Scottish skin. Uh, in a bag that you eat from. <laughs> yes, that is what Scottish <laughs> people do. <laughs> anyway, you were just as bad as me. Mm. We, are, we are Neither of us are well equipped yeah. for survival in the world. Well, wilderness. we'd both die, but I think you'd die first. There's a... TLC documentary in the making here, isn't there? <laughs> Dropping you in the middle of a wilderness somewhere. TLC, the Learning Channel. You know they do all of those. Yeah, not the band from the Ice movies. Road Truckers. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like, Lisa Left Eye Lopez is dead. How is this going to come about? You get to be the new Lisa Left Eye Lopez, or do we just get to hang out with Chili and the other one in a, in the woods? Because I'm down with that. T Bone. T-bone, really? Is that right? I think that's right. T-bone, T-bone. Because it's TLC, isn't it? Yeah. T-bone. I get it. It needs to be T, but But T-bone. I'm sure it's T-bone. I thought it was something um, relatively normal, like you know, Tina. T-boz. 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 That's worse. That's that's a bit worse. T-boz. That's kind of like T-bone. That's nice. (laughs) We're talking about Rattlesnake Annie anyway. Yes. Rattlesnake Annie continued to pursue a music career, and in 1974, her first single, Texas Lullaby, was released. She recorded her debut album, Rattlesnakes and Rusty Water. Rusty Water? That sounds horrible. That's that's just a diarrhea euphemism, isn't it? Yeah. Rusty Waters. And she recorded that on her own label, Rattlesnake Records. She's really pushing the name now. She's got an idea, and she's running with it. At the time, it was unusual for a woman to play guitar in public. Hmm. And it was also rare for a woman to produce her own songs. Rattlesnake reminisced of those early days. I was breaking down barriers. If I could work like a man in the fields, why couldn't I play guitar and cut records? Because of promotion and her focus for international music, her first album became popular in Europe. In the mid-1980s, she became the first female country singer to play in the Eastern Bloc countries of Europe. She appeared on television in East Germany, and the West German branch of Greenpeace adopted one of her songs... Goodbye to a River as their anthem. <laughs> what a shit name. In Czechoslovakia, she recorded an album, Rattlesnake Annie and the Last Cowboy, with Czech country singer Mikhail Tuchny. I bet that's got some hits. In 1991, Rattlesnake became the first American country performer to sign a recording contract with Sony Music Japan. She expressed relief at the agreement, mentioning that it's always been a hassle because they could never put me in a slot. She always slivers away. What bin does the record store use for my records? When I signed with Sony Japan, they put me in their world music department. Done. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) Any old crap sticked in the world music section. (laughs) The word bin is very apt there. For the first time, I felt free and understood. She and her husband moved to Japan, where they remained for 16 years. They have since moved to Spain. Music. Rattlesnake has recorded music in every country she has visited. In her career, she has recorded in over 10 languages, including Czech, Russian, Spanish, Japanese, Maya, German, and English. 
many of her songs contain a political message. Mm. She says that songs are so important to make a statement on issues, and that's how I have used my music. Life is just full of objections, especially when you're a woman. In this vein, she has recorded songs for the civil rights movement, for women's rights, and against the Vietnam War. Oh, Fair enough, Annie. Hang on, she recorded her first single in 1974. Album names. Some very clever album names here. Well, one that strikes me. Go on. Southern Discomfort. See what she's done there? Ah. Eh? Yeah, that, was, that is really cool. Sort clever. of like Southern Comfort. But Discomfort. But discomfort. Yeah. That's pretty good. Rattlesnake. Her last Maybe. one was called World Full of Love. Which oh. is... Oh, what's wrong with that? I wouldn't call my album that. What would you call your album? I don't even want to know. Chris's hits. Chris's hits. Or an anagram of that, just Chris's shit. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 38 of Wikishuffle. We will be back again next week. Whether Phil? Whether you like it or not, we will be back again next indeed, week. Indeed, but you don't have to listen. You don't have to, but we'd like it if you did. Mm, sort of do. You do, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. In Chris's world, with Chris as the dictating overlord of the world, you have to listen. Listen to me. <laughs> oh, that's dark. I scared myself. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> Nobody else. We're not afraid of you. Phil, news. News! We've done a bit on a blog which interviews podcast hosts. Mm. and the blog is called Podcasts Are The Best and you can find it at podcastsarethebest.blogspot.co.uk and we're in the November section and we answer some questions about Wikishuffle. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah I've covered it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give that a look and you can see lots of other podcasts on there but don't visit any of those. They're not as good as us. No, they are bastards. Postal address... And please do send us a postcard from your shitty, shitty town. Your shitty, shitty, bang, bang town. Wikishuffle HQ, 1B Headlands, Kettering NN157ER. And... Don't visit us. Don't don't just turn up. We're not here all the time. Just on Wednesday nights. Don't tell them when we are here. Sometimes at the weekends. Don't tell them when we are here. Oh, I'm going to be worried now. The doors lock. Do they? Yeah, but... Okay. Oh, Phil's broke. Phil's broken. What have I not said? Facebook. Just go on. Facebook. Go on Facebook and type in Wikishuffle. There you go. Yes. All right. There we go. We will see you again next week. No bonus episode. Sorry. Yeah. That's that done fill. for a while. You've had your fill of bonus episodes for the time being. But feel free to message us with any other articles that you find that you think we might want to use in the yeah, future. Yeah, we, we did actually get one from it's quite a good somebody. one as well, it was a good it? one. Yeah. yeah. So we, we might have to do that at some point. It was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. All right. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 